Welcome to episode 93 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump, and Dexcom. Basil, don't snore. I'm doing the open for the show, buddy. Dexcom, CGM, continuous glucose monitoring. Trust me, you want to know more. Sarah's on the podcast this week. Sarah is Franny's mom. She's also Violet's mom. But we're talking to her mostly about Franny because Franny was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was just five months old. There's a lot to learn from a person who has had to take care of a five-month-old with type 1 diabetes. Good episode. Settle in. I don't know. Wash your dishes. Go to the grocery store. Drive in your car. Do whatever you're going to do because the Juice Box podcast is about to begin. Please don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before you blah, 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 blah. Uh, my name is Sarah Jackson. I have um, two daughters. One is five. My baby, Francis, is 15 months old now. Um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in November of 2015, and she was five months old at that time. So, so your oldest is? She's four. five now. What, what were they, Was she four at the time or yeah, three? Yeah, she was, just turned four a couple months before. Okay. So... Not to say only because four years is a long time, but I guess you, you were only a parent for four years when you right. had your second. Yeah. Right. And then nine months later, diabetes? Uh, five, she was five months. Five months later. And so yeah. when that happened, Sarah, let me ask you, did you consider um, putting the children in a box like puppies <laughs> and leaving them at a fire station and then just... Uh, uh, <laughs> that I thought never crossed my mind, but I feel like you have a second child. Sometimes you look at your spouse and you're like, why, why did we do this again? Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes we have those moments, uh, when we're in the, now the thick of the type one, you know, what, what were we thinking? This is chaos, but yeah, they're actually both great and pretty chill kids. So, oh, so we're cool. lucky. So two, yeah. two little girls. Yeah. Two oh, little girls. Okay. And so now I can say, you know, for reference, Arden was diagnosed at two years old, and I thought that was incredibly difficult. So, and I'm sure it was. And, yeah. and, right. So <laughs> I'm five months. I don't want to compare the two things because there's no need to compare them. But five months sounds worse. So yeah, breastfeeding, um, bottle feeding, what are you doing? Uh, I was breastfeeding. Yeah, I still do a little bit. So yeah, she was pretty much entirely uh, breastfeeding when she was diagnosed. And and how do you, I mean, where do you look up carbs and breast milk? Uh, that was the easy part, but um, we actually carbs um, for a long time after she was diagnosed. We we basically started counting carbs when she got her pump, which was in April. Um, so she had been diagnosed about six months. Or we had to kind of get into all of that. And so, so she had a pump before she was a year old? Yeah. 
about 10 months when we got the And was that your doing or was that a oh, physician's? Yeah. <laughs> it was my pushing, actually. Uh, um, when we got the pump, we actually also changed our endo team. We moved over to a different hospital at the about the exact same time that we were getting the pump and getting the pump was part of why we did that. Um, I wouldn't say that our first NO team didn't want us to have a pump, but um, everything was so overwhelming and basically terrifying. And we really needed to feel supported and um, like our team was going to work through everything with us. And I wasn't, feeling that way. Um, but I knew this other endo and, um, one of the women that he works with through our testing Francis for monogenic diabetes. So I actually reached out to them and said, help us. And, um, they were like, of course, and saw us within a week and helped us get the ball rolling. And, you know, we've been with them ever since and she's doing great on the pump. now. So, so, so just for people who don't, um, who get stuck with a doctor and get scared to change. What was it about your first experience that made you move? They weren't proactive enough. They were just happy where they were. It was hard to them. Was technology something they didn't care for? Um, I actually think that it was Franny's age. That, that was kind of a factor in all of it. Um, she was not uh, unlikely, but she was the youngest that they've, they'd ever dealt with. Um, and I, I feel like that really tempered a lot of decisions that we were making and the way that we're going about things. And I, you know, I think I stayed there longer than I, I feel like, I feel like I knew that I wanted to go to this endo that I, that I already knew before we did. But when I finally did, it was such a relief. And I, um, I just think it's like one of those things where you have to go with your gut. If you feel like it's not the right fit for you, it's probably not. Okay. And, and, so more more than anything else, they just didn't have any experience with a kid that young. So you you were now in a situation where someone was feeling their way through how to handle this, and your kid was the test dummy for this. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's probably not unusual when you have a a diagnosis as young as as hers. I would think um, so. But I just wanted somebody more proactive who I didn't feel like they were tiptoeing their way through it. That's yeah. Cool. Okay, so you mentioned. Um, you mentioned monogenetic diabetes. It's monogenic. Yeah. Monogenic. Two words I have never heard together before until your email. Uh, what is that? Um, well, first of all, Franny does not have it. So she's, she is a type one. Um, but, um, what it is, and I'm certainly no expert, but it's a, um, genetic mutation that leads to the diabetes. So there are there are many known mutations and some of them act um, in different ways, but with the same outcome, the insulin isn't doing what it needs to do. Um, a lot of those kids are, they are producing insulin, but it's just not that working in their body properly. And does um, that get confused with type two? Um, I don't think so. Maybe sometimes because I know that there is a mutation that, um, can like lay dormant for a while and then back. But like when, when the kid is grown up a little bit, I don't know a whole lot about that one, but the treatment for some of the mutations is oral medication, like type two diabetics take. 
So I, I suppose in that way it could be. What what led them to wonder and to get you that test? So monogenic diabetes, the neonatal form, is most common in children diagnosed under 12 months and even more so under six months. So pretty much everyone was. So Franny's age just sort of pointed to it more than anything. Yeah, yeah. That um, and was still producing a little bit of insulin at, at diagnosis, but I don't think that's unusual anyway for type one. So, but they just assumed because of her age, it was pretty likely that she was um, a case of monogenic. And then didn't end up being. So uh, I'm yeah. going to go backwards just for a second. How do you figure out a five month old has type one diabetes? Um, okay. So both of my kids had been sick with a like an upper respiratory virus and, um, Violet got better. Pretty Franny couldn't kick it. Um, she had a fever that was shooting up and down. Um, and it was probably about five days sick. And I had just nursed her to sleep it was about 11 o'clock at night. And I was holding her and she started, um, shaking her whole body, shaking really hard. Um, and I, I jumped up with her. I ran downstairs to where my husband was, uh, told him something was not right. Uh, once we were in the light, dark upstairs, I saw that her lips were starting to turn a little bit blue. Uh, first, we said, call 911. And then we realized we, we lived about two blocks from an emergency room. So my husband grabbed my, my then four-year-old um, I grabbed Fran and we ran out the door and jumped in the car and drove over. Um, on the way over, Franny also started gasping and I was pretty convinced she couldn't breathe. But by the time we got to the ER and they started rushing us back, she had woken up and was, um, she wasn't shaking anymore. She wasn't gasping. Her lips were still a little bit blue. She's, um, her skin is really fair. So just touching her arm, you leave fingerprints. So you can see, um, the blue still around her mouth. And uh, the ER doctor told us that it was likely um, a febrile seizure, which is not that uncommon in children who have a fever, which she had. Um, but he did a whole, a whole panel on her. And I remember hearing him through the curtain saying to the nurse, this is a mistake. Uh, there's no way. Rerun this. And and not knowing he was talking what he was talking about, um, and he came into our little uh, room and told us that one of the numbers was pretty sure was incorrect, but they were going to rerun it, and it was her blood sugar, and it was six seventy. Um, and I had no idea what that meant, um, but I guess he had asked my husband, and I didn't. I wasn't there for that. Does your daughter have diabetes? And he was like, no. <laughs> Um, so they reran it. They actually reran it a couple times and then did a urine test and it was definitely six, you know, in the high six hundreds. Um, and even the ER doctor was like, uh, no, sometimes this means diabetes, but she's five months old. So it's probably just like a crazy, like meningitis or some kind of crazy infection, but we're going to, they transferred us to the children's hospital of course, just to um, be safe and make sure she was getting proper care. And they kind of had the kind of had the same reaction. Like it's probably um, they actually didn't say probably, but they're like, here's a few things that it could be: a metabolic issue or meningitis or 
they just diabetes. didn't. They, diabetes wasn't the first thing that would come to their mind, even though the the blood sugar was so high. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I still didn't get that, like that blood sugar. <laughs> yeah. Why <laughs> it was would pretty you? Likely, yeah. The number is just a number. The first time someone says it to you, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Blood sugar six hundred. Okay. Uh, is that bad? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah I, so yeah. So then we, and that was where we. Um, figured out that that was what was going on. That's nuts. Um, okay, well, that's fairly emotional. You made me sad, and little tears came in my eyes when you told me this story. Um, I'm sure it's it's still pretty fresh for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I you're gonna need to give me a second. <laughs> you were telling you were talking about rushing around the house, and I was like, oh, this is horrible. Um, and I had my own horrible story, and yours was pretty bad. So, uh, wow. I'm going to be honest with you. I was so pleased with myself last week when I did that little like story about the remote control car for the Omnipod. I didn't know if I could top it. But I was just sitting here and I thought, maybe I can. Because I do make up the Omnipod ads off the top of my head. So here we go. I started thinking about all the things in life that I loved. Like the remote control for my television. I really do love that thing. Then I thought, would I love it as much if I took a piece of string and tied it around the remote control and then tied it to my belt loop? and then had to keep the remote control with me constantly, I wouldn't like that. I definitely wouldn't like that. What else do I love? Soap. But I don't like soap on a rope, right? I like soap. I pick it up when I need it, and then I put it back down again. But if I had to attach the soap to my belt loop, I wouldn't like it anymore. Then I started thinking more. I like bananas, but if I had to tie a banana to myself, I don't think I would like it as much. My car, that wouldn't work. How would I walk around with my car tied to me? I don't know. Why would you want your insulin pump attached to you by a long tube? It doesn't make any sense to me. Not when Omnipod is making literally the world's only tubeless insulin pump, and it's fantastic. I'm just saying. I don't know why you would want that. Maybe you would. And if you do, I mean, you know what? You know, go ahead. Go forward. It's fine with me. But I'm just saying. Think about it myomnipod.com forward slash juice box if you would like to experience tubeless insulin pumping. Check out the link today for your free, no obligation demo pod. It's absolutely free. There's absolutely no obligation. I mean, and there's no tubes. I'm not clear on why you're not doing it right now. The Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system is the first FDA approved device to let you make treatment decisions without pricking your finger. Just think about what that means. Sure, less finger sticks, but that's just the beginning. The future is now! To begin managing your type 1 diabetes with the same great technology that has helped us to keep Arden's A1C between 5.8 and 6.2 for over three years, visit www.dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in the show notes. Oh, you know what? I nearly forgot. I have to read a disclaimer. Hold on. Deep voice. Ready? Finger sticks are still required for calibration, or if your symptoms or expectations do not match readings, or when taking medications containing acetaminophen. All right, guys, get behind the Juice Box podcast. Go to www.dexcom.com forward slash juice box or www.myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get going today with the same great tech that Arden uses.
test. It's not that. You, you definitely have type 1 diabetes. Do you start with insulin right away? And Yeah. So we didn't, the genetic test actually took eight weeks. So we didn't know when we left the hospital what form of diabetes she had, but, but she definitely needed insulin and they started her on the drip and everything in the hospital. But uh, yeah, we left with a pretty crazy plan for her. Um, I don't know. Did you ever use diluted insulin? Um, I, I never had to, no. Okay. So um, we were at the hospital like over the weekend. So I feel like that really kind of impacted what we had access to. But usually you get like some a dilution, like a solution from the pharmaceutical company and you dilute your insulin in that or you get it compounded at the pharmacy. But we didn't have access to either of those things. So we left the hospital um, diluting her insulin each injection in the syringe. So we were drying up. Um, we're giving, we're actually giving NPH. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've never used it, but I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like an old fashioned, um, we're giving her NPH twice a day. And that was, um, partially to cover the carbs from the breast milk so that we weren't trying to count carbs because we had no idea. Um, and then we were, we were diluting Humalog in a syringe with, um, like a sterile saline solution. And then, so we dilute like this huge amount, fill the syringe, and then, <laughs> this sounds crazy. We would shake the syringe. Okay. To, to mix it, it together. I can never say that without laughing. Sounds nuts. Um, and then, you know, push out, uh, we had just the right amount that we wanted to dose her with. So we did that for a while until we found a pharmacy that was compounding it, the um the insulin for us so that it was already diluted. It's just because there's at, at its regular strength, there's no way to inject little enough to not make Franny really low. Right. Yeah, like yeah. a half unit is way too much. A half unit is way too much. Oh, I, I, right. I, I did get into that situation at times where I've talked about before I, I put um, food coloring into old insulin and taught myself how to draw up like drops by like the pressure I was putting on the syringe, Wow! you know, because you would like put in like two drops and that would be enough. You, you yeah. would, it would move her blood sugar. Um, that was uh, crazy. Um, and I only did, I did the blood, I did that so that I could see like when I was pushing on the syringe, like how much pressure did it take to push out a drop? You, you know, right. and so I'm like yeah. sitting there teaching myself that, and sitting, standing in my kitchen, going, "Well, this is this is crazy." Right. Um, I yeah. So, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. So I would want an insulin pump too. I think if I was you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And what about a? Glu- that, Do you have a glucose monitor? Oh yeah. Okay. So when we were in the hospital with Franny, we had a nurse who was amazing, and she was a type one, and she was like, "Ask me anything you want," and wearing a CGM and she had a pump and I was like, tell me all about this. But when we were there, I thought, you know, they're FDA approved for two years and older. So we're, my husband and I were like, uh, we got to wait a year and a half to get this stuff. So, um, it wasn't until I found the, the diabetes online community and specifically, um, there's a group called diapers and diabetes that's for parents of kids diagnosed as young as ours were. Um, and and they were like, yeah, I get a CGM. All these kids had CGMs, and they weren't two years old yet. And so I called the endo, and I was like, I want I want a CGM. And I think the doctor dealt with that. The doctor, I'm <laughs> uh, sorry, what? 
the I don't think the endos were thrilled okay. with us wanting CGM right away. But the RC that we had was like, yeah, get the you guys should definitely get that. So she was excited that we asked for it. So we had that four weeks in um, to diagnosis. Okay. We got the the Dexcom. And that I'm assuming did that. What was your first inclination? Because I I know when I first could see Arden's blood sugar like that. I was happy to be able to see it, but horrified by what was happening that I didn't know was happening. Did you have that experience? Um, I kind of. Yeah. I was really see what was happening because, um, and I've heard you say in podcast before that you would watch your daughter for like to see if you could see if she was going high or low. I think that's kind of what you described. Yeah, yeah. Um, we would do the same thing, and I know that there were several times when we would check her, and she was fine. She was sitting on the floor, she was playing, and she was like fifty-four. Or like, how are we ever going to know? So the CGM is amazing because we could see it. And with the NPH, there are like several peaks to the insulin throughout the day. So she was going to go low several times and we wanted to know when that was so we could um, head it off. Well, because, and especially because little kids don't really eat that much, you, you, you know, and it's not like, it's not like you can, I'm even trying to imagine like taking a 12 month old and being like, okay, so now I just need you to eat these seven carbs, you, you know, or like, how do you, what do you do? Are you, is there like a giant box of Cheerios in your house or I mean, right. Yeah. No, I hate <laughs> terrible. You cannot dose for cereal, no matter what, even Cheerios. Um, no, we laugh because in the beginning we were like, every when we first got the pumps we were counting carbs we were like weighing everything and we give her like really specific carb counts and half of air we would feed some to the dog in you know we'd, we'd think we had counted right and then we'd take her out of her chair and there was like you know probably five carbs worth of food so um we've gotten to the point where we're really good at estimating and guessing and kind of watching her but you really have to watch her eat so that you know it actually went into her mouth um, but we do use a scale quite a bit with her. I have to say the other day we were bolusing for some food, some meal, and it was going to be a lot of insulin. So you kind of got your finger on the button and you're, it's, it's rolling up really quickly. And I think I said something like, I don't know, eight units to her. And it like, we rolled past it to 8.3 and I was like, that's fine. Whatever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause it's all guessing yeah. anyway. Right. So. Right. Uh, it just pushed the button. Don't even bother going back. It, I don't think it matters. And uh, it's it just, it's funny how you start getting a feeling for how much insulin a meal takes, not like almost not the food, but the, but just her, you know, it, I, I look at my daughter and I'm like, she's going to eat about enough of this to need this much insulin. And, and uh, excuse me. And I end up making decisions like that pretty frequently, which is kind of crazy. Um, Sarah, I've never had to do this before, but Arden's sleeping because she doesn't feel well, and her yeah. blood sugar's a little low. Can I disconnect with you for about sure. five minutes and come back? Please do. Okay. Um, we are slowly... Kind of trying to tighten up her um, the target range that right. we use for her. So at this point, would usually correct. Of course, depending on all the different various factors, sure. uh, something over like one eighty. Okay. Um, and part of that is like drop really fast. 
Well, that, yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. Yeah. Like she, she's got to be really sensitive to the insulin, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think we're pretty limited on how tight of a range we can get with her. Cause when we do try to, um, kind of aim lower, get a lot of lows get with lows. her and her basal is really hard to nail down because I think it changes daily <laughs> what sure her basal needs are with, you know, growing and all the various things that are happening inside of her. Yeah. I mean, not that everybody, not that all kids aren't growing constantly in one way or another, but babies, I think it's more consistent. There's less like spurts and more just it's constantly happening. And then what if it doesn't happen today, but it happens tomorrow or I mean, it's just, I know Arden's been difficult the last couple of weeks, um, overnight again. And my wife put her up on the, on the wall yesterday and it's been six weeks since the last time, since her endo appointment. So we knew her, um, we, at around her endo appointment, around her birthday, we measured her up on the wall and it's been six weeks since then. And she grew an inch. Wow. And so there's this, you know, you know, you're, you're going to bed at night and you're like, everything's going to be fine. Why is the budget going so high? You, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, or you should, last night was crazy. I was positive. We had a, um, we kind of had a weird handoff thing. So I was away for the weekend with my son, uh, he was playing baseball and we got home kind of late, uh, in the afternoon. I was pretty beat and, um, everybody seemed like they had a long weekend. And my, my wife mentioned how tired she was from, you know, the diabetes overnights and stuff, which she doesn't usually do a couple nights in a row. And, uh, we ordered, like, we just ordered a pizza you know, to try to get through the day and the pizza came. I did everything I would normally do. And like an hour later, I'm like, Oh my God, her blood sugar is going up and up and up. And what I didn't realize was we were right at the end of an infusion set for her pump. And uh, I, I would have, I would have changed her pump before pizza if it was an, if it was on its way out in the next couple of hours. And so we sort of had this intersection of bad infusion site, you know, at the end of its life pizza. And then I spent, I want to say like five hours getting her blood sugar back down. Cause I tried to be so careful cause she was sleeping and it's a new, you know, it's like a new, it's a, you know, when you put on a new infusion set, you're like, sometimes you feel like you need a little more insulin and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to go too far the wrong way. And right around two in the morning, I was like, Ooh, I've got it. Like she just leveled right out at 95. I, I congratulated myself for being a, a pure genius. And then I um, <laughs> closed my eyes and I really think it was maybe 15 seconds later and the thing beeped and I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? I was like, <laughs> and it started dropping. I was like, that's not possible. Um, but then I got it stable, uh, you know, right around four o'clock. So everything right. was fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fine. I probably won't drop that from not sleeping, <laughs> but it's possible. Sarah, it's right. really, really possible. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. But I just, but that's with, I mean, at this point now, Arden weighs over 80 pounds. She's still small, like for her age, as far as weight goes. But I mean, how much does Franny weigh? Uh, probably creeping up towards 30 pounds. She's big. I have big. So my first daughter was um, like almost 10 pounds when she was born and just took off from there. And Franny's been a little bit behind Violet in that, with, in that respect, but she's still... Ben. you know, a good sized kid. Yeah. So. 10 pounds is a, you're a champion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Your, your husband apologized <laughs> during birth, childbirth. He's like, hey, not enough. really? Not enough. So not enough. 
<laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Um, that kid looks huge. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I've had a friend who had a baby that was almost 11 pounds, and I still not, not 100% sure how that worked. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay, so obviously, so insulin sensitivity. Can you walk me a little through, like, what a meal is like for her? And she's still getting breast milk, though, you're saying, too. Yeah, so we guess guess when she breastfeeds and uh, the older she gets the more variation there is throughout the day so if I nurse her when she wakes up sometimes I don't even bolus her for it but if I just got home from work and I do it's she's gonna spike so she needs a lot more insulin for that so but that's all kind of trial and error and guessing based on how long she nurses for and the time of day um a meal um so we approach her food um, from a treat her just like we treat her older sister kind of way. So um, she doesn't eat low carb or anything like that. Um, and we will read the wrappers, add up the carbs, and then kind of try and give her like a little bit at a time. It's easier to see how much she's eaten that way. And then we'll, we bolus her as she goes. So we don't, don't a lot of pre-bolusing, but we do a lot of um, like bolusing her right as she eats. So it's the soonest that we feel safe bolusing her. Like going, this is going to work. She's going to eat this. Instantly. Yeah, like but- she starts eating and we're like, oh, she likes this. We can go ahead and bolus her for, you know, however much it is. And then she's hungry for more. We'll, we give her another bolus. Our endo actually just at our last visit that we had. It's like, I think you have the record for the most boluses. <laughs> in a day because we just bolus every, every time she eats, we don't wait um, to see if she's going to eat more. If she does, we'll just bolus her again. That's what we love about having a pump. Um, It just gives a lot of freedom. You you know, like you talk about it, like, Oh, if my, if my nine year old starts eating and eats more than I expected or doesn't eat as much as I expected, there's options in there, which are great. But but this is just a different game. Can I ask you, there's somebody came on my blog recently and asked this question in one of the threads and they said, you know, their, their child's like two and they have an A1C around seven and they're trying to decide if a lower A1C is even possible with a child that young. And I don't really know how to answer that. Um, but do you think it's possible? Um, I definitely think it's possible. I I know several people um, through Facebook whose kids have awesome A1Cs, um, probably pretty close to what you talk about Arden achieving. I um, think it's really difficult. And I, and I also, like for us, when Franny was diagnosed, her, her A1C was six. So we're pretty sure we caught it like right set, basically. Um, and it went up. So that was a little discouraging, but I try not to focus on it. I think, I think that um, for kids under like four or five, they say for like 7.5. And of course, your endos talk about if it's lower, you're, you might be having a lot of lows. But I see a lot of parents who do sugar surfing achieve better A1C. So, and I, I know it's similar to kind of how you um, deal with. Arden's blood sugar and dosing. So, so, so technology, a lot of hard work and a lot of time and effort, I would think. Yeah, I think you have to be with your kids yeah. most of the time. 
and, and are that. you not with her during the day with Franny? I heard you say when you get home from work. Right. Yeah. So my husband, um, I work like a kind of a normal nine to five type job and my husband is a photographer. So he is, uh, he's like a freelance, um, schedule and he works around mine. So he's with her during the day and then I come home. He often takes off and off to a job and I'm with her in the evenings and then on the weekends a lot. He's like a wedding photographer. He does headshots, so not that exciting. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of nice business, I would imagine. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know if he was out taking pictures of cracks in the sidewalk and you were at home going. He does do that. What yeah. did I do? Like there were other guys talking to me in high school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do that, so I'm just making fun. But um, so, okay. So, geez. Uh, so you're not home during the day. Your husband's home during the day. Do you think one of you has a better handle on it, or are you both pretty immersed in it? Uh, yeah, we're both really involved. In it. We, I make most of the setting changes, so I um, kind of more track of the the trends and the patterns as far as like if we think her basal rate needs to be changed um, or her insulin sensitivity or something like that. Um, but it's really good uh, with dosing for carbs and counting carbs. And I think he gets a little bit of a nicer line than I do on the CGM when he's with her, to be honest. So he's, he's definitely really you think good he's, at all of it. Do you think he's more aggressive than you are? Do you think, what do you think the difference no. is? No, it's not. Uh, that. Doesn't nurse. He doesn't nurse. <laughs> he doesn't have that factor. Yeah. She want, when I'm with her, you know, she wants to nurse, she's pretty demanding about that. And that can really spike her blood sugar. So I think that's one of the factors and difference between the two, but yeah. My wife can teach you how to say no. Um, I'm just <laughs> joking. I just <laughs> that would be great. If she... <laughs> I'm just just saying if you really know how to if you really want to know how to put up a concrete wall and something like that, I, I can I can put you in touch with somebody who could who could talk you through it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So all right. So your husband's home during the day. He's not the, the he doesn't have to contend with the breastfeeding, so it's a little more stable. What does she eat when she's not breastfeeding? Just like every other kid her age, I guess. Yeah, um, she loves fruit. She eats a ton of fruit. Um, she's pretty. I mean, she she's a pretty good eater. She's certainly not as picky as her sister was. So um, most things she'll eat. She she eats you know fruits, veggies. We we aim to eat you know, as healthy as we can with her because I think help you know the more processed Helps, junky yeah. food spikes her a lot more. So plus she's so little. Um, not eating junk food much anyway. So no, I find the same thing. So you know, the the less processed stuff you use, the simpler it is. It's just, yeah. and I'm in the same situation. My old my older son who doesn't have diabetes, his he's so picky. Like I sometimes I look and I'm like I don't even know how I would begin to help him. You know, in in the same way like Arden, you know, Arden will eat you know raw vegetables. She eats fruit. You know, she takes yeah. you know you know. You send her to school with a lunch that has watermelon in it, a banana, you know, or, or you know, she'll, she'll take some potato chips or something or a little cookie or something. But she's real, like, balanced. She'll eat almost anything. I think I could send her out in the lawn and she could find something to eat. So, you, you know, like, she, she's okay like that. But my son's just like, is that some form of a dead chicken? Because if it's not, <laughs> I'm not interested. And, and right. yeah, he's, he eats like a, like a blockhead, actually. So, um I saw him do something really athletic this weekend, and I said, it's even more uh, impressive because the whole thing was powered by Fritos. So, 
Right. Yeah. So it is definitely easier when they eat better. Um, yeah. Is that something you guys were you good eaters before, or did you make a shift for her? Uh, we were pretty good eaters. I think we probably gave up a little more frequently and turned to like, you know, something we could cook from frozen. Our life didn't get a little chaotic, but so I think we make a little bit of a better effort with her around like now. Preparing more foods like from scratch kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or just sure that it's not, it doesn't have a bunch of junk in it. <laughs> you want to try to be able to read the first couple things on the on the ingredients label and, and understand what it is. Um, so you, you talked about, in your email, you said this one thing that um, I think we probably like all have seen during a diagnosis, but you, you said that there was a resident in the room with you and it seemed to pain them to tell you, you ha- that you're, they thought Franny had diabetes. Uh, yeah. So um, our hospital stay was so surreal. Um, we would have like groups of doctors come in the room at a time. It would be like four or five doctors because she was, was so anomaly. unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they weren't really telling us a whole lot because they didn't know what to say. Um, and there were a couple of days there where they had not said to us, this is diabetes. Um, and I was Googling from the hospital room, um, and I was pretty sure that, that they, the diabetes diagnosis was what it was. Um, and my husband admits he was in a little bit of denial because they, didn't, they weren't saying to us, this is diabetes. He was like, well, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's fine and she'll... She won't have diabetes. And so finally, this resident who's been helping to take care of her since we had come into the hospital was in our room and he stopped in to um, see her and say hi, see how we're doing. And um, I just kind of stopped him right in the eye and said, does my daughter have diabetes? I just needed somebody to, to give me like a concrete answer about it. And he just looked at me and said, yeah, we sure that this is diabetes. And so that was the first the first time that we got like a diagnosis. Do you so think that wasn't... was because they were wondering if it was something else still or like why do you I think it know. took them so long? I don't know if they were st- I mean, obviously they weren't really wondering because he answered me when I asked him, but it, I think maybe that part got lost. Uh it's probably said, the human, like, I would think it's the human factor, sir. Like, I mean, who, nobody, you know, what kind of a short straw do you have to draw to, to go into a room and tell two young parents that they're, you know, they're basically a newborn baby has type one diabetes, you, you know? So right. I maybe, maybe it just, it's funny. It just, it's not funny. It's interesting. It's interesting that it happened. That's why I wanted to tell people because I, I can see from their side of it, you know, like a, I you know, they should have told you right away, obviously, but at the same time, like you get like not wanting to be the person to walk in and be the face attached to that statement, I guess. Sure. So that's sure. it's just really interesting. What part of the country are you in? I'm in Chicago. Okay. We're to, you're probably at a pretty good children's hospital, I would imagine. Oh yeah, we yeah. were. And um, the other is the University of Chicago, which is where we go for um, her care now, is one of the centers of research and um, basically resources for the monogenic diabetes. So um, when we were going through all of that, they were, they're really 
not far from from where we live. So uh, that was nice because we were able to go in and meet some of the people there when we went for her blood draw for her um, genetic test, and um, that's how I got to know that our, our endo team now. But yeah, there's some really great uh, diabetes teams in Chicago for sure. How does how does Violet handle the diabetes? Does it seem to affect her at all? Um. She was really worried about Fran in the beginning and also worried about herself. If it was something she was going to, she was going to get diabetes. Um, so she voiced that to us a little bit in the beginning. She hates needles and she still doesn't like to, uh, watch when we things that include no needles and stuff, but, um, she's very protective. I think partially the age difference helps with that, but, um, she's also very protective of her, of Franny's diabetes. There's a, a funny story. We were, um, outside playing with some neighborhood kids and, uh, we have a, a bag that keeps like her meter and her decks and everything in it. And we call it her D bag. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a joke. Good for you. My husband and I, yeah. <laughs> um, but one little boy walked over and was curious bag and got really defensive and, um, said, don't touch that. That's my sister's D-bag. Uh, she has diabetes. Diabetes. It's diabetes. Get away, kid. I don't like <laughs> so the way you smell. Up, yeah, 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 her yeah. personality and how she... Oh, yeah, she... Well, it. it's a, because it's one of those things, like, you know, I think about it, you know, not that, you know, it's not, an, it's not a 50-50 split, but when I think about taking good care of Arden... Um, I also think about my son, you know, like, you know, the better, I don't want to say the better care, but the, the more balanced our lives are and stable our lives are, the less he's going to be a person who grew up with a sister who was, you know, we were always sitting around waiting for a blood sugar to come up or a blood sugar to go down or, or, or that sort of thing. I also don't want to ever be, you know, it, you, you do find situations sometimes where, you know, you have to say to him, Hey, you need to cut her a break for a second. Her blood sugar is high. And, you know, I don't think she's really herself at the moment. And, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't see that like the way, even though he understands and he's older, he's still just like, you know, I get yelled at right away when I do something wrong. Like, why are we, why do we have to wait 10 minutes to find out if her blood sugar is high first? You, you, you yeah. know? And, and so I just, I just, you know, looking forward or using other people who've been through it as an example, I mean, obviously, one of your children having type 1 diabetes is going to affect how your other child grows up, you, you know, and I'm sure in a lot of great ways, too. I'm not saying that, but um, I just, it, it always kind of is in the back of my head is all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part in, in part, the fact that Franny is the baby already, I think it all kind of blends together for Violet. Like, she sees Franny get special treatment because she's, you know, first a newborn baby, and then it just kind of continues. So I think she, she just sees it all as kind of one, one, uh, unfair. Yeah. <laughs> She's the baby and she gets treated like a baby and special, you know, it's special kind of baby blending thing. together so at the, at the moment that all as, as one. Well, that's good. Actually. I think that's good. Cause she's going to feel that way one way or the other. So sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, uh, anybody in the family, extended family type one, other endocrine issues? Nope. No, uh, no autoimmune issues. We have a couple, uh, grandparents in the family that have type two, but, but no type one, no autoimmune issues or anything. So you really were out of the blue learning about yeah. this. Yeah. 
how, how far would you say you've come with your understanding and what's been your best resource at this point? Um, um, really far. Uh, but particularly I feel like, um, understanding to the point where it has helped calm a lot of our fears, uh, which is huge. I think I have a child diagnosed, but I'd say our biggest help with that has been our, the, the diabetes online community. But like I said before, specifically the diapers and diabetes group. It's a, is I, it a private Facebook page or is it open? It is. Yeah. It's a private group. Um, I think they have like a public page that they post resources on the admins, but there's, it's a private group and it's just for parents who have young children or they, their child was young at diagnosis and they're still there to, to oh, give. Wow. So people uh, can, advice. so people can like, like request an invite, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And anytime I see somebody kind of floating around in the larger groups, um, asking for advice on a little one, I, I try and say, Hey, do you know about this? other group because it was so um life-changing for us in all of this we'll talk about a, a niche it's a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche it's, it's just you know it's not just diabetes it's type 1 diabetes it's not just type 1 it's you know being the parent of a child with type 1 it's not just being the parent of a child but it's one who's you know really really young when they get it i mean it's a very specific subset of a subset so yeah, it, yeah i'm sure absolutely. it's yeah and when you, what, I think I mentioned this, but when, when she was first diagnosed um, and I was just looking for like any resources or other people, cause you feel so alone. Um, just if you Google like baby with diabetes, all you get is 5,000 resource, resources for gestational. Just not really helpful. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, it, and that is the other side of it, right? Is if it doesn't happen to many people, then the people it does happen to if if they don't speak up or speak out or, or or help out there's there really is no resource at that point because you even learned your doctor wasn't even a resource right yeah so it's so you really until you, unless you can find somebody else who's been through it you're stuck in that like let's just everyone stay alive till the baby gets older feeling that's and, exactly it yeah. yeah and that's not fun or probably nope. the best way to live so um and it's interesting. You, you would think the doctor would be able to give you advice, but it's such a specific thing that they don't see very frequently. And, and then, and you're in Chicago, so you were able to move to a decent, you know, facility once you realized, but there are people in the middle of nowhere who, you know, who hmm. are they, who are they going to go find? Um, right. you know, which makes this all that more valuable. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the Facebook page. And if you're, oh, great. if you're having situations like that, you should, you know, click on it, ask for an invite. I'm sure they will let you in. You guys don't have any weird like like entry rules or something like they don't have to stand on their head or uh, spin around with a forehead on the back. I think you have to prove they actually have a little one with diabetes. How do you but. do that? That's an interesting idea. It's, tell me you how you do a, that. Right, you have a unique uh, set of knowledge. You, you can so. you can prove it by answering three right. very simple questions that no one else would know the answer to. Exactly. Yeah. Is the answer to all of those questions cry by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. How hard did it hit you? And did it hit you right away? Or did you go right into like mom mode? Or like, like, did you toughen right up? Or did it run you over at some point, the diagnosis? Um, it was really hard. And I'm really grateful for how little she has been this first year because she will not remember um, how hard it was for, for my husband and I. Because um, we really struggled a lot, come a long way. 
since the beginning, but I'll t- she was diagnosed in uh, November. So the whole holiday season was just like us in kind of a grief mode and trying to survive and figure out what we were going to do. And uh, I'll tell you, it felt like watch like a, a horror movie or something and they play cheery Christmas music, ironically. That's how <laughs> You're just That's like, why is everyone smiling? <laughs> why are you smiling? Because of the turkey? Because yeah. of the turkey, huh? Jackass. <laughs> you're like you're just looking at everybody a little sideways. Um, what about, uh, I mean, technically, you're still, I mean, how far out after birth do they consider you still postpartum? Like, how are you, like, you know, because your body's still coming back into regulation, plus you're breastfeeding, and so you have extra hormones too. And I would just think that, I mean, I was a wreck and I hadn't just given birth when it happened to me. So I think it just would have like, I don't know. I think it would have knocked me right over. So, but I get the idea of like, so you were sort of just in a, in a haze. Yeah. I was crying. Crying a lot. Yeah. I was crying a lot. I was angry. Um, I was of course exhausted, which exacerbates all of your emotions. Uh, yeah, I was a mess (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) Way to own it. I like that. I, I really do. Because I just, I told somebody the other day, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I said, I said there are certain times a year I become, uh, I'm like diabetes customer service sometimes. So I'm, I'm, I'm out trying to buy my, buy an iPhone for my wife who her phone just up and died and I'm in the mall and I've got to wait like an hour and I start getting these like private messages through Facebook and there's this lovely woman asking me all these questions, which I thought was great. And she's probably listening now and hi. And, um, and at some point, I just said to her, I was like, you know, if all else fails, just find a quiet room and cry for a while, because that does help. <laughs> and, you know, just sort of let it all out at one point is uh, is kind of valuable sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. I really do. I mean, I was, I've probably told this story here before, but Arden had been diagnosed for a few months and my wife worked really late one night. I had her blood sugar so perfect for bed. And my wife came in the house. Of course, she had worked late and she was hungry and she brought food with her. And I was like, I saw the food come in the house and it just looked like, like a fire breathing dragon to me. I was like, no, 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 don't bring food. And Arden's like, can I have food? And my, and my wife's like, yeah. And I'm like, no. And, and, you know, and my wife's like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, I know it's not, but, and then I just went, I said, I'm going to go take a shower, like a random statement. I think (laughs) I was just looking for a place to go. And I stood in the shower. I, there were more water came out of my eyes than out of the shower for 20 minutes. And then I just walked back out and I was like, okay, everything's fine. I just, I'd spent my entire day getting her blood sugar stable to put her to sleep. It felt, it felt like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and when somebody else introduced carbs, I was just like, I don't have it in me anymore. I can't do it again. You know? Yeah. So when it's like a constant, you know, there's no break. Gotta find a way to feel those emotions and jump back in there. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't have any wood to chop or, I hold a run over top of, and I don't want to start exercising and break a perfect 45 year, uh, uh, record of not exercising. I mean, you know, that would be, yeah, I hear you. I'm so far into my commitment now. You know what I mean? So that's reasonable. Yeah, I, yeah. That, yeah. I don't want to do anything crazy like that. Um, will you have more kids? No, well, we weren't planning to anyway. And I think too, is like a circus. I look at people with more and I'm like, what, what were you thinking? I have very similar feelings. I um I know people who don't know where their children are at any given moment. They they have four four kids, and they're always happy if they know where two of them are. 
and that and it seems to be the only way. It's like they they like, I think that one is with my neighbor at this. Right. And and that seems to be enough for them. And every once in a while, by the way, they're wrong. <laughs> Which I find hilarious. Oh, you know, this one is here. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw him here. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you could be right. <laughs> I mean, that must be freeing. A little, a little bit, right? You know? Just, I'm not sure where number three is. But like we have so many of extra despair. So, Like if we break <laughs> one, we still have three more. Right. It's like having extra dishes, you think? Yeah, exactly. I dropped that cup. Think nothing of it. We bought an extra set. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think we thought about three. I think diabetes definitely kept us at two. And I think that after time passed, not considering diabetes at all, I'm pretty happy with two kids. Honestly, I see my, my wife and I are already get split up a lot on weekends because of their activities and stuff like that. And I don't know what would happen if there was another one. Right. Yeah, yeah. I hear you on that. I have to chain them to something, I guess, would be the only like <laughs> responsible thing to do. So, yeah. um, well... I am going to cut us a little short, Sarah, just because of Arden's blood sugar. I, I would have probably gone a couple more minutes with you, but um, she's upstairs asleep and her blood sugar is very tenuous. It's just hanging by a thread. So yeah, I understand. I want to let you go. But is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to say that I didn't bring up? No, no. I think you know, I just, I, you know, I reached out to you because um, uh, people in my situation, I think, feel really alone. Um, and I know how that feels. And I, I just want every possible way to um to get the message to them that they're not alone and that there's a whole community out there um to help and uh listen and and uh, be there for them yeah, so. you just have to find it and and, and you're right. saying diapers and diabetes yeah on facebook and we're going to put a link into it and and if you're in sarah's situation or you have been and you think you could help somebody who's coming into it or you're coming into it and you need help that's a great place to try so very cool um sarah i really appreciate you reaching out with a topic that i never would have considered on my own so um you know you are the author of this uh this podcast that was it that's for sure thank you scott uh, you're welcome you're best to everybody sorry for making fun of your husband for being a photographer i love taking pictures too perfect. by the way no <laughs> one said and one of us should have said maybe me. Violet and Franny, great names. Good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> no, it's not a baby. You're not naming them after anybody, so. No, no, no. We just wanted our own little nursing. <laughs> a couple old lady names would work for that. Yeah, no, that's really <laughs> cool. You're, no, I, I think they're really great, so good for you. Yeah, thank uh, you. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for doing this. Sure, sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Huge thank you to Sarah for coming on the podcast. Don't forget diapers and diabetes. If you find yourself in the same boat that Sarah and her husband found themselves in. Also, thank you very much to Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You know the links, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. That's how you get started today with both of those great devices.